It's time for the Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. It's Tuesday, February 20th, 2024. Well, first of all, today, I want to start out with a correction to something I said last week about a ship that turned out to be incorrect. I was talking about a ship that was on the schedule, the Cape Henry. She's a military vessel, and I thought she was a typical MSC ship because she is technically operated by them. That's the Military Sealift Command. But her mission is a little bit different than I thought, and a retired Navy captain wrote in to kindly correct me on that, and I really appreciate it. So thanks so much for this information. Here, Here's his message to me. A couple of corrections about your description of the Cape Henry. The Cape Henry is not owned by the Navy. Rather, she is owned by the U.S. Maritime Administration. That's called MARAD. Although she may be operated by the Military Sealift Command, she is not one of their ships. She is a member of MARAD's Ready Reserve Force. As an RRF ship, she displays red, white, and blue bands on the stack funnel, where MSC vessels display gray, blue, and yellow bands. Her mission does not include direct support of U.S. Navy ships, which is generally what MSC ships do, but rather she transports vehicles from point to point for the Department of Defense. Where MSC ships often sail alongside Navy ships, RRF ships do not. Well, I got a question the other day from a listener, Greg Akerst, who is, by the way, a moderator on the Ship Report community photo page on Facebook. So he does a lot of work for our Ship Report community. And I just wanted to say I really appreciate his help handling the admin details for that photo page. So Greg mentioned in a Facebook comment that he was interested in learning more about what we see now as old pilings that still exist in the river north of the ship channel off Warrington and Hammond. So looking from the Oregon side of the river, think downriver, quite a ways downriver from the Astoria-Megler Bridge on the north side of the ship channel. This spot was once the site of a lighthouse in the river called the Desdemona Sands Lighthouse. This is such an interesting topic for so many reasons, one of them being a look at local history. This lighthouse stood there on pilings, seemingly far from land, for many years. It rested on the western or downriver edge of a huge sandbar that is visible at low tide in that part of the river. That sandbar extends downriver from the Astoria-Megler Bridge. This lighthouse recalls an era when things were very different on the river from a navigational standpoint than they are now. There were structures built then that are gone now and some that remain and are still being used. Let's look a little bit at the overview of the region's history. In the mid-1800s, the California Gold Rush was happening, and that meant more ships were trying to come into the river to go to Portland. This highlighted the need to upgrade the navigational aids on the river, things like lighthouses and buoys, to help make things safer for ships. So let's do an overview of lighthouses and other navigational aids that were built here in the 1800s. Though I'm going to be tossing a lot of dates around here, but if that all just kind of blows right by you, just remember that mid to late 1800s were when the oldest of these structures were built and used. Now, when Congress created the Oregon Territory in 1848, it directed that a system of buoys be placed in the Columbia River and the Astoria Harbor area, plus a lighthouse at Cape Disappointment on the north side of the river. Cape D was activated in 1856. That's 168 years ago, and it was the first lighthouse in the Columbia River mouth area. Cape D was situated in what was at the time called the Washington Territory. That was created in 1853. The North Head Lighthouse 
was constructed in 1897 after mariners complained that the Cape Disappointment Lighthouse could not be seen by ships approaching from the north in the ocean because of the headlands in the way. During this time, the Point Adams Lighthouse, another lighthouse that is now gone, was built on the south side of the entrance to the Columbia River. That was 1875. That was located in Hammond. Point Adams was also the site of the now-closed Coast Guard Station Point Adams. That was founded in 1888 by the United States Life-Saving Service, which later became the Coast Guard. In the 1960s, much later, the Coast Guard closed that base, and it was subsequently transferred to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, that's NOAA, which has used it as a fishery research center. You can see the old Coast Guard station premises there even now in the residential area just before the Hammond four-way stop sign. Very cool old buildings there with a lot of local history attached to them. Eventually, that point Adams Light became obsolete, particularly after the building of the South Jetty. This paved the way for the Desdemona Sands Light to be constructed on pilings in the river itself. This lighthouse, in addition to being a lighthouse, also had a foghorn. By the way, what is now the Cape Disappointment Coast Guard Station was established in 1878 at Fort Canby near Chinook. They later moved the station to its current location in Owaco. And the Coast Guard Air Station Astoria was established in 1964, so much later, at Tongue Point originally, which was a naval station then. Two years later, it was moved to its current location at the airport. So that's kind of a bird's eye view of lighthouses and Coast Guard stations that were here or are still here. But back to the Desdemona Sands Light. The U.S. Lighthouse Service completed Desdemona Sands in 1902 to replace the demolished Point Adams Lighthouse. Desdemona Sands was one of the last wooden straight pile lighthouses built in the U.S. It was deactivated in 1934 and dismantled in 1945. I think it's really interesting that the Desdemona Sands Light, and I think the Point Adams Light too, had fog signals. People have asked me occasionally when I talk about fog signals here, whether they are on the ships or on land. These days, currently, the official foghorns you hear are only on ships. But during that era, at least some of the lighthouses around here also had fog signals. But the Desdemona light, it's gone now. You can still see the pilings where it stood, especially at low tide. And the lighthouse rested on what is called the Desdemona Sands, named for a ship with that name that ran aground here. All of these additions of lighthouses and other aids were attempts to make the treacherous Columbia River a little safer for transiting ships. They were built before the building of the big dams on the Columbia, so the river's flow was not as regulated as it is now, and we know how formidable the river still is, even with those dams in place. There used to be a keeper living out there on the river at that lighthouse, but it was eventually electrified and automated in 1934. After World War II, it was replaced by an automated light on top of a wooden structure. That light was removed in 1965. For perspective, the Astoria-Migler Bridge opened in 1966. The Columbia River has always been a treacherous river because of its strong currents and uncertain navigation historically. But one of the most confusing things about it, even now for mariners unfamiliar with it, is the fact that at high tide it looks like a wide open river. But in reality, for craft with any depth under them, it is truly a restricted waterway with only a small portion of it navigable in the channel. The building of all these lighthouses and other things were attempts to quantify that for mariners in the hopes of making the river safer. 
But there's only so much anyone can do against these overwhelming forces of nature. So even now, with all of our fancy electronics, the Columbia River remains a force to be reckoned with and something that should be treated with great respect by all mariners who venture on her waters. You've been listening to The Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Ryder. You'll find ship schedules and a podcast of this program on my website at shipreport.net. Ship Report podcasts also on Apple and Spotify. You'll find marine weather and links to ship schedules and more on my Ship Report Facebook page. Thanks for listening and have a great day.